Rebecca, what are you up to today? What's going on with you? Hey, John. Not too much. Just uh, enjoying the cold weather here. Oh. <laughs> well, good for you. I'm over it. Yeah. I, well, I mean, you live in Denver, so you you won't be over it for quite some time. I'm physically and mentally over it. <laughs> you know what you should probably do? You should listen to some music. That's there what I was go. doing. That's there what I was doing go. before you, before I got on with you. I was listening to some music. You know what I was listening to? What were you listening to, John? I was listening to some some retro music from like the 90s and the 80s. Oh, goodness. Cool. Yeah, maybe. Are we telling on our age? Or are we just like... Right. You know, we millennials that just <laughs> happen to like that kind of music. Right, bringing it back. <laughs> right. I was listening to a couple of songs that kind of like stood out to me. And the first one was, uh, you remember Janet Jackson's The Pleasure Principle? Oh, yes. Classic. Yeah. Great one. So you know, that one, I, I was listening to that one. Um, I'm going to pull it up for you so you, we can actually like hear it together. Because there okay. was this one line in the song that really jumped out at me. So I'm going to play it so that we can... Uh, we can talk oh, about it a little bit. Okay. All right, here we go. After listening mm -hmm. to that particular part of the song, she says, like, what I thought was happiness. Um, was only part-time bliss. And I started thinking about like, you know, what do you think? I started questioning myself. What does she mean by that? Maybe do you have any, maybe you have some thoughts. You heard this song. I'm sure. What do you think she means by that? What I thought was happiness was only part-time bliss. Yeah. It's like you're running after the things that you like, that you want. And they just seem like you're just keep on running after them and you can never catch them because there's always the next best thing. Mm-hmm. That's how I would think. It's like it's fleeting, you know. You're always right. uh, trying to to find that next thing to fill you up, to make you feel good, or to make mm -hmm. your life better, or whatever. Well, it's like we all want to be happy, right? Mm -hmm. In the end, right? It's like running after pleasures, you know. And um, you know, we're trying to be happy. We're trying to achieve that happiness. Mm -hmm. And so, a lot of the times, it's like we're trying to achieve the happiness so much. And we're avoiding all the pain. Like, don't give okay. me the pain. I don't want it. Right. You know, right. So it's only about it's only about the pleasure. Yeah, it's, but it's amazing because she's I think she's telling us something about our nature because she's right. talking she says two things and, and she says two things. She says what I thought was happiness. So she's talking about wanting to be happy. And then she says part time bliss. So why is it that mm -hmm. you know it seems like happiness kind of usually gets attributed to things like i know who is this one oh this this one guy i know he talks about he has like 500 pairs of tennis shoes or something like that right <laughs> right and every time he buys one probably it's like hey i feel happy right right well well why do you have 500 pair then so and then i was thinking about that in relation to what she's saying about part-time bliss you know what do you think about that yeah it's like not you, you can never get enough out of it. It's like you're on to the next one. And mm -hmm. like you said, a bunch of shoes, you like this pair of shoes, but then it just grows into, oh, well, I like this one too. Let me get this one. Yeah. And it just like, it's like almost like eating popcorn. <laughs> you know, you, you eat one, but you can't just eat one. You got to keep on eating it. And that's exactly, I feel like, you know, what it's saying is like, it's not 
it's not filling. It's not going to hold you. It's just very um, limited. It's very um, uh, short-lived. And, you know, I think the song is kind of sounds like a breakup song or whatnot, but it's like, you know, you're running off to this pleasure, but it's like, it only, you only see the, you only see the one side of it that it, it, it could potentially bring you happiness, Yeah, but you don't see the other side of it where it's not all roses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's thorns. So yeah, yeah, that's why I look at it. There's been times where I, I've been in tourist area. Right. Or maybe uh, lots of times I used to go to like a bookstore. I, I love to hang out in the bookstore and just read. Mm-hmm. But it's a good it's a good place sometimes in either one of those environments to look at people. And so what I would see is I would see people like like on a search, like on a constant search. Instead of seeing like, okay. this person and that person and that mm-hmm. person as an individual, I started to like look at people as like, you know, like maybe this one desire because – so I go in and I sit and I, I'm in the bookstore and I see this person walking. They're searching and this person is searching and this person is like searching. It's like, what is this? What is this thing that everyone is searching for? It's like, you know, is it is it it seems like there may be happiness there. Right. But am I attributing mm-hmm. that happiness to something that I can never get really true fulfillment out of, such as a magazine or that's fleeting? Right. Like we talked about. Mm hmm. That's what I'm kind of like noticing just in my observation of people, including myself, because I, I've I'm no different than anyone else. You know, we're talking about behaviors or things that make themselves known to us and that come to our awareness. Right. It's like um, you can have a million different flavors, but you'll never be satisfied if you just take a couple. You know, there's always more that you want. Mm-hmm. It's always more, more. Right. Never ending right. more. <laughs> more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you're goodness. always searching. It's you're like always in that search. I saw this episode. You had to say that. I saw this episode <laughs> of The Simpsons. And so I guess Homer got sent down to hell, right? <laughs> okay. And he was on a um, some type of conveyor belt. And the hell that he was in is like he, he was on some type of contraption and <laughs> there was something opened up his mouth and was forcing donuts in his mouth. Oh goodness. But Homer, being who he is, every time the, the conveyor belt was would move these donuts in his mouth, he would say more, more, <laughs> more, more. Oh and it goodness. was like, so the whole point is, is that I guess it's a, a certain relation to the way that we operate is that we are we are never satisfied because we want happiness. But it seems like we're trying to sustain that happiness with objects or an objectivity. Okay. Right. Or people even. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So So where does that where does that leave us? I mean, because it's like we have this infinite desire to be happy. You think we're attributing it to the wrong thing? Is there something that we we may have missed along the way? Oh, yeah. I mean, life is like a smorgasbord. You can have anything and everything you want. It's like never ending, but it's like like you said, where is where is the cap? You know, mm-hmm. or do we have do we have a cap or do we always just want more? Right. Right. And if we just want more, are we ever able to achieve this happiness that we have kind of, um, you know, sketched out in our minds of if I achieve this, then I'll be mm-hmm. happy. You know, right. it seems like you'll never be able to um, experience enough to kind of 
um, go with what you think that is happiness because you really don't know what that is because all -hmm. kinds of things keep on, you know, getting thrown at you. Yeah. People kind of established our ideas of happiness. You'll be happy if you, you know, fill in the blank. And so what do we do? Because we're kind of a blank slate when we're born anyway. Mm-hmm. And we start doing all these other things or that people say they're going to make us happy. And so we we execute. We do this. We do that. We do that. Still, we end up with 500 pairs of tennis shoes, figurative, figuratively speaking, because every time I buy one, the sensation goes away of, of that moment of that high. And then I'm back at square one again. Right. Or a million donuts to your gut, like Homer. <laughs> exactly exactly yeah and it's like never ending it's never ending so is it possible i remember uh one time i met this uh met this guy he was in the military and i was talking to him and uh he talked about different techniques that they use in the military and he said he was telling me and a few other people so like if you really feel like you're hungry uh-huh. you're really hungry he said go and get drink some water and so we tried it and it really, it worked. So what I'm, what I'm getting at is, are we attributing happiness to the wrong thing? Like, in other words, I really thought I was hungry, but as mm-hmm. it turns out, I was really thirsty. I really thought I wanted 500 pairs of shoes, but I right. really wanted something else. And if, and so how do we identify what that other thing is? Right. We just attribute it to the material thing that we have in front of us. We know now a lot of people are really not looking at it that way anymore. I mean, mm-hmm. most people are starting to come away. It's like, what is all this crap that I have around me? You're right. You're right. I mm-hmm. think uh, when when COVID came, it really adjusted human consciousness, consciousness as far as we had to take a look at what we were valuing mm-hmm. as, as a species. Right. And as a result of that, you know, a lot of there's been a huge paradigm shift towards I think, you know, human connection, um, Mm -hmm. authentic relationships, because, you know, I'm sure you've heard all these statistics that say, you know, we asked a hundred people, you know, about the times they were happiest in their lives. Right. And no one says anything about material most of the time. Right. But yet and still we chase and we chase and we chase. So what are we really looking for? Right. You know, like going back to the song of Janet, it's like it was part-time bliss. It was like fun for a moment, but then it was nothing after. I think before in another episode, I described like how my kids were like around the holidays is that they would want this toy like so bad. Like all year long, they just was like, I want this, you know, and get it for them. And then when they have it, they played for it for a second and then they end up playing with the box. <laughs> so it's like, you want something, you keep on, you have a visual of something that you think that is going to make you so happy, like, cause you know, you want it. And so you build it up more and more, but when you have it, it's, it's nothing, or it's not like your expectations. It's nothing like you envisioned it. Oh yeah. I understand that. Yeah. And so you yeah. take away more of just like the feeling of what is this giving, what is this giving me now? And so you put it off to the side. It's no longer useful to you. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just like hoarders, some hoarders have a lot of stuff that they thought was useful and just put it Man. off to the side, right. you know? And a lot of the times it's more, I feel like we put, um, we attribute some type of filling to a lot of materialistic things. And so then when we have that, um, that object in front of us, 
maybe it reminds us of something or a feeling that we have because you, you know, you want to keep that. It's not, that's what you're really, really keeping. It's not about the object, but it, it becomes where it becomes like mess around you. It becomes, you know, clutter. <laughs> it becomes like five houses and 10 cars that are, you know, right. are no longer important. And, you know, it's just sitting there. It's wasteful. So it's like, part-time it's a part-time bliss like it was good for a moment but now what's what is this happiness where is this happiness exactly there was another song that i was listening to uh this one was a little further back so i think janet was in the 90s this one is uh one of my favorite songs it's by steve perry it's called okay taking it back (laughs) yeah it's called don't stop believing and so um i'm gonna play that one for you i have it pulled up on youtube so i'm gonna play it so you can listen to it If you look at the words from from this song, this, the words go, strangers waiting up and down the boulevard, their shadows searching in the night, street lights, people living just to find emotion, hiding somewhere in the night. So what do you think that uh, good old Steve is, is trying to tell us? Because it almost sounds maybe a variation of what Janet was trying to tell us. Well, it's such an iconic song that all I hear is just that jam. So, Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to sing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. I love that song. And it just, it moves you just even, you know, the melody, the music of it. Um, but it's really saying something. It's like, um, I mean, it goes with what you were saying. It's like almost like people watching, you know, mm-hmm. are just mm-hmm. searching for something out in the nowhere and the dark or in you know, where people all gather or something somewhere, you know, that there's something there for you. You just don't know what, and you're just right. searching for it. Right. And right. it's like, um, like, what does it say? People live in just to find emotion. So mm-hmm. it's like, they're, they're, they're waiting to be invoked by something that, you know, um, they're waiting to experience. It seems like mm-hmm. out there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, and it's like, you know, I know that feeling very well. I know that's why I can relate to the song so much. I know exactly what he's talking about. Um, trying to achieve something. It's like, I think that I'm looking for the next trinket. And maybe it seems to me that that, that is what I'm looking for. Or the next um, encounter with someone. It could be, uh, let's say, a romantic relationship or something like that. But what is what is behind all the uh, the objects? What am I looking for? Is there something that would satisfy, not just me, is there something that would satisfy all of us to the certain degree that we wouldn't have to walk around and almost be enslaved to all the objects that we see around us and all the things that people say make us happy? Because right. merchants have no problem uh, allowing us to believe that. They'll, right. they'll make fortunes off of our endless search. But that endless search, to me, doesn't feel like it's something that ends up in a landfill. 
if you if you understand what I'm saying. Because right. a lot of the stuff that we are looking for ends up in a landfill. You mean to tell me that is what was supposed to make me happy? And now it's in a landfill? Right. And, you know, they bring so much attention to it. And w- when Steve Perry sings Streetlights, it's like not just, you know, it's it's all the illumination that it gives to all these products and all the mm-hmm. whole, um, the ambiance of wherever you're going. Right. And it's like, it tries to make it more exciting, but it's like, you're still searching. There's still something that you don't know what to find. You know, it's like, there's something there. And um, we're trying to maybe um, attribute something, like I said earlier. Um, but the last song is like, we're trying to find something that we feel and attribute it to something that we could see, touch, feel, smell, you know, and take exactly. home for a minute or whatnot. And it's like, but I think the overall thing, it's like, it's journey's telling us don't stop believing. Right. So mm-hmm. it's like, it keeps on, keep on, keep on keeping on, you know, mm-hmm. don't, don't lose, mm-hmm. don't lose this belief that if something's there, but mm-hmm. it's like, what is there? Yeah. What is that? You know, right. like you said, it's going to end up in a landfill. So why do I want it? So what are we really looking for? Are we looking for people to connect with? You mentioned that Steve mm-hmm. Perry says, don't stop believing. So what is it that he's talking about? Is it something above what he's witnessing? The strangers up and down the boulevard, shadows searching for uh, you know relationships or searching for pleasures in, in the night. There's a part in the song that goes on and on and on it goes. So if it's going on and on and on, where is it leading us to? Is it trying to push us above it? Artists are very, very intuitive mm-hmm. because they go through a lot of experience very rapidly. So okay. lots of times what it takes us forever to learn, they're able to learn really quickly because in their positions, they every pleasure that you can think of is coming at them and they can afford it and they can do this and they can do that. Right. And still end up in a place where a person like Steve Perry is making a song like asking a question himself. Like, what is going on here? What am I witnessing? Right. What is that? What do we want? Mm-hmm. What is this endless search that I see in front of me? So I started doing some more research and I came across another song. And maybe, maybe this song, because it's a great question in this song, and uh, this one is called, I Want to Know What Love Is. And so I'm going to play it for you, the uh, the portion that I pulled out as far as okay. the lyrics are concerned. I'm All right, it for you I remember right now. that song, yeah. If you notice, in this song, it's talking about, you know, I want to know what love is. So in the verse that I picked out, it says, in my life, there's been heartache and pain. I don't know if I can face it again. Can't stop now. I've traveled so far. To change this lonely life, I want to know what love is. I want you to show me. I want to feel what love is. I know you can show me. 
So he's talking about heartache and pain. Here we go again, the, the pain and the pleasure. Mm-hmm. He's talking about that aspect of life. And I know you've experienced that. I've experienced that. Our listeners have experienced that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so are those two opposite, those polar opposites, are they given to us for a specific reason? Maybe to discover something that leads us to true happiness that has nothing to do with any object. What do you think? I mean, you want to attribute it to somebody because you want somebody to, I mean, the lyrics itself, it's saying that it's like you're alone and Mm -hmm. you want somebody to, to connect with somebody Mm -hmm. to show you what this is. What is this love? Right. But we see now that um, love, the word love has been so corrupted where yeah, it's, a good point. it's 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 different. What I think of love may be different what somebody else thinks of love. Mm-hmm. And you see out there how much like we're not on the same page on it. You know, right. we think that it's supposed to be one definition. This is the way it is. Mm-hmm. But it's not. So then really, like you're saying, is it somebody that you're trying to attribute it all these words? Or is it just trying to invoke in you that there is still something that um that you don't know yet um there's there's more to it than just um these objects these just people that you know you're not really connected to and there's more to this there's like a story being told right behind it and we just we don't know right yeah i would i would say that uh love gets attributed to you make me feel good. If we, if we're really honest with ourselves, like I can say to you, let's say I'm just an average person. Cause I don't want to attribute this to attribute this to me. We, we make, may make a statement like this. I love my husband. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, a few hours later, I love street tacos. <laughs> what are, what are you saying? sound like me (laughs) (laughs) what are we saying when we make statements like that are we saying that yeah i this this makes me feel good right i so are when's the last time that maybe you know myself or our listeners had a big blow up with our our spouse or our significant others Mm -hmm. and at that moment said i love you Oh, during the blowout? Yeah, probably oh, yeah, not. That's, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you might get a, like a like a rolling pin upside your head if you <laughs> even if you did something like that. You're like every other name except I love you. <laughs> right. So at that moment, neither party is making making either one feel good, and so that word doesn't even come up. So it's almost like love is attribute it to whatever makes me feel good. I love you mm-hmm. because you make me feel good. I love street tacos because they're delicious. Yeah. I love Sabatino's pizza, even though I've backed off from that because it makes me feel good. <laughs> I remember. I love Cheetos. Right. So all these things that we love, make, but yeah, go ahead. No, go. go ahead, so, yeah. It makes you feel good. It makes it, it fills you. It gives you something that you want in that moment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I can see that that's the way we kind of describe love in our relationships and, you know, even relationships that's been, you know, been there like for a long time that, you know, you have somebody that's been together for 40 years. And if you could tell, if you could ask the people, um, 
why do you love this person? Mm-hmm. You know, we're only going to say, well, they always do this for me or they do that for me. Right. You right. know, we ne- we'll never describe, well, he's a pain in the butt and he makes me feel this type right. of way. He makes me grow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He makes me grow even though I don't want to. Right. right. He gives me all, <laughs> he gives me hell. Mm-hmm. But he, I love him so much because he gives me the hell and I'm able to grow from that. And if yeah. you think about all our interactions, like Steve Perry talking about people walking up and down the, the boulevard, there are all kinds of lessons to be learned just in everyday encounters with people. It's not mm-hmm. a, really about a knee-jerk reaction because I think ultimately what I'm trying to describe is that love is a choice. It's a mm-hmm. choice. Right. You start to love beyond what makes you feel good. Let's say, for example, um, you have, let's say, for example, you have two races of people. It doesn't matter. That can't stand each other. Let's say uh-huh. or two cultures. They can't stand each right. other. Yes. But there are people within that culture that choose to be above that, even though the majority of, of, you know, of the communities that they are in, they choose to love above the, the what represents their community. Let's say there's a lot of hate mm-hmm. in either community for one, one community over another. Right. But the two people that come from that community and decide to go above that, that's a choice that they're making. And it's not an animalistic choice of you make me feel good, which is like a knee jerk reaction. That's right. not love. Yeah. It's like not at the level of the community saying, well, we don't like um, these guys over here because they do this, that, the other. And the opposite is the same way. Um, that's the same. I was talking to my son because they're, um, I'm always talking about him to something, <laughs> but there's a book back in, um, I think it's Dr. Seuss, but it's like the, the butter battle book where one side they butter their toast on the top and the mm-hmm. other side they butter on the bottom. <laughs> wow. Right. So then they're fighting over it and say, who's better. And so it's like, it doesn't matter, you know, who's better. Cause it's the same piece of toast, you know, it's the same piece of bread, but you're just choosing to do things differently. And we tend to absolutely hate people for doing something different than I do it. I mean, we do that in our relationships. It's like, don't leave, don't leave the, um, <laughs> the toothpaste cap off. That right. drives me crazy. That's the and final those are, straw. I'm right. The divorce papers right now. <laughs> right. And don't leave the toilet seat up. I'm, I'm, that's it. If you do it again, yeah, we're going to court. <laughs> And and it's it's really sad because that's what we see out in society. We don't we don't just see it in our homes and you know things. People are really fighting about things that are really trivial, mm-hmm. um, and not rising above those icks. I guess people call them now icks, mm-hmm. um, and not rising above them and saying, "Hey, well, you know they do that, but I still like them because they're still you know uh, yeah. have somebody to talk to on a different level or whatnot." Um, we don't ever want to, we don't ever want to rise above all that. We just want to stay there where we like, want to nitpick on all the things that we don't mm-hmm. like yeah. instead of concentrating on the things that um, we could build together, like uh, relationships between people that um, I guess are most likely not to get along. Well, then you find ways to um, try to understand, um, you know, the person on a different level, just just like marriage. Marriage is the same thing. You just don't marry somebody because they, they do all the great things for you. I mean, some people do, and then they end up fighting about it later. And then pretty soon it's like the home is um, just a battleground of, 
right these little things and so there's more to it and Definitely. it's not gonna relationships are not just gonna be um handed to us and everything's mm-hmm. perfect you know uh we have to work at them every day and there's no longevity unless you're willing to um i guess let go of those things that you don't like in another person and just choose to exist with them because there's a challenge there. It's a good point because, you know, most marriages, uh, I think they go through a process where, you know, of course you're dating, you're whining and dining, you're taking trips around the world. And when, so this is love. Uh, this is, we created this, this, this image of this is what love looks like. Cause we often mm-hmm. television romanticizes love as this, there you, go, you romanticize, know, yep. right. So now, but now all of a sudden, you know, years later, and it varies from probably uh, relationship to relationship that now there's lackluster. There's no luster anymore. So now all the things that used to make us feel so good together, I don't feel any pleasure in them anymore. They're becoming like the tennis shoes. So now I want to, I want to replace, I want to approach my relationships, not just my marriage, but maybe if my friends don't make me feel good anymore, if this person doesn't make me feel good anymore, then I can just write them off and go and replace them with something else that makes me feel good. That's, that's what we've been conditioned to believe that, that love is. Mm -hmm. It's not a choice. It's like, if you don't make me feel good, if this doesn't make me feel good, it's gone. Right. There's somebody else there. I guess what people used to always say, there's more fish in the sea. Right. Or more tennis shoes to purchase. More tennis shoes to purchase. Right. right. However you want to look at it. But love is like the sun. It just, it just, it gives without any calculation for self. That's not something that's easy for us to do. But if maybe if we start to exercise that muscle and Mm -hmm. be aware that, you know, maybe what we think or have been conditioned to believe love is, is that, you know, you something makes me feel good there therefore i love it if we mm-hmm. start to condition ourselves to make the choice to choose love then maybe we start to exercise a different muscle inside of us but it can't be done alone right it's impossible exactly. without connecting with other people to discover within yourself what or discover within myself what's blocking me from being able to love another person it's impossible Right. It is. And um, looking at relationships is that they change over time because before marriage was kind of, um, you know, you were put into a marriage. Your parents got to pick who it was and it wasn't about because you were attracted to this person or because you like them. It was this is out of necessity. Mm-hmm. You need to marry this person. And that was it. And so you had to grow to love this person because they were your uh, stability. And so then over time, then it become, it became more of this, oh, it was about, love was about romance or, you know, relationships were about the romance that you got to choose who you loved. But then it was, um, like you said, it's just like, we dream up things in our head of this is happiness because I like this person because, you know, uh, what do they call it? Like a honeymoon, honeymoon phase. Honeymoon phase, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's like, everything's all dreamy and everything's perfect and you know, where, you know, I'm being serenaded and all this stuff. And it was right. just so dreamy, but right. well, a couple, couple, you know, maybe a couple years down the road, three, four years, maybe then it just becomes like, who is this person? It's not the same person that I've been with. So we're ever changing, you know? So it's like our relationships should evolve from 
what we know them as now. And they shouldn't evolve to where now we don't know the definition of what love is. And if we don't know the definition, then, you know, then it's our job to um, create what this definition is and not just throw it in the gutter and say, oh, well, love is no longer important because it yeah. changed it changed what we thought it was. Right. Now it's like an opportunity to actually define it together. For redefining what this is, then it's like almost like you have to be an example of mm-hmm. what you want to see out in the world. I want mm-hmm. you to show me. Or I, um, it can't be where, oh, I'm going to tell you what it is. Because right. then we're going by old definitions or even definitions that kind of failed us over the years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now we have to walk the walk. We have to yeah. be the example. I think our survival as as a species is dependent on this. It's not dependent on what party we're aligned with and what country that we live in. I mean, the world has gotten very, very small. We're a global community. And you can feel the resistance to to just um, sit down maybe and talk with somebody that you feel like is so opposite of you. Right. You know, I can feel that resistance in me, but let's acknowledge that the resistance is there and it's mm-hmm. something that we would like to overcome together right. to go to something higher together, together where we, we may be able to discover that maybe that's the very purpose for our existence that we came here to discover or even to become love because alone we're blind. And together we see. Exactly. So that behooves us to to hopefully start to build a desire between us to want to overcome what we feel as limitations and not always run to the Cheetos and not always run to the to the uh, the trinkets that are being held in front of us that make us believe that this is the only way that we can find fulfillment. Let's start to find that fulfillment in one another. All right. Um, build these authentic connections with each other. I mean, we're at ground zero now. And so we have this opportunity. So I'm glad. And I'm glad doing this with you right here, John. Thank you. Thank you, Becca. Thank you. I'll talk to you next time. Okay. Talk to you. Have a great evening. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.